Okay, what's up, everybody? Welcome into One Before I Die, episode 117. Coming at you here, recording on December 27th, Tuesday night, or sorry, Monday night. You guys are listening to this Tuesday morning. Um, and we're coming at you after the biggest Bills regular season game in recent memory. And the Bills come out on top of an absolutely huge W. Unbelievable game. We'll obviously get into that, talk about all of that. Um, the, you know, obviously, we're talking about this Bills in New England game against the Patriots. Um, just a lot to break down here and, and a lot to talk about. And, and, and now we finally have taken control of the AFC East back once again, control our own destiny for the rest of the season. So um, we'll be talking about that, obviously, a ton in this episode. Um, but job's not finished, right? Still got to move on and, and uh, win the games down the stretch here. So we'll talk about the rest of the season. Next week, we got the Falcons, I believe. And then week 18, we got the Jets. So we'll talk about our future um, moving forward as well. And then for the Sabres, I mean, there's been absolutely nothing going on with hockey. NHL hockey has been, you know, big COVID, right? I mean, they've just been getting hit with COVID. Um, it's unfortunate. I mean, Alex Tuck's debut is just, you know, supposed to happen. And then ever since that day, it's just nothing's been going on with hockey. I don't even know. I haven't even really honestly been keeping up with Sabres news because everything I see on Sabres news is games postponed, games this, games that. The world does not want to see Alex Tuck play for the Sabres, but we will get there one day. Um, so not much hockey talk on this episode. Um, but that's okay because we had this huge Bills win like I just talked about. And But before we do get into that, we will introduce Ethan. Ethan, how are you feeling over there? Uh, a guy who actually pronounced the, the Bills season dead a few weeks ago. Now, how are you feeling? I'm back from the dead. Uh, like the Undertaker. Back, <laughs> I'm, back, I'm back in Chicago. I didn't say we were dead. Did I say we were dead? Yeah, you said, oh, oh, yeah. You said, uh, you said the season's over. I said, what if we go win in Tampa? You said, doesn't matter. Season's still over. That was a, an exact quote, I think. <laughs> okay, so, maybe that that sounds. And I think like I was. I, I think say. I was upset because I was like, "Well, then, when we turn this thing around, you don't have the right to root for us anymore." And I mean, <laughs> whatever. Well, I was I was wrong. That was definitely something I would say. I'm not going to act like I've I've uh, had my foot in my mouth too many times on this podcast for saying things and like acting like I haven't said them in the past. So I'm going to trust you on this one that I did say that. And after that Patriots game, it's something that I would say. So, uh, hand up. I was wrong. Glad to be wrong, but I'm back in Chicago. I'm less gassy this episode. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I'm ready to go. I mean, just an absolutely electric game, uh, a win that erased a lot of terrible games. And like we were talking about last week, this is something that I did say a game like yet or on Sunday showed exactly why it's hard for people to quit the bills because that was the game that everybody was waiting for. I feel like all year where they played somewhat of a complete game showed, uh, showed why people have picked them to win a super bowl potentially at the beginning of the season and actually up to uh, the potential that we know that they can, uh, they can achieve. So that's, that's why, that's why I, you know, it was hard for me in the short term, long term to describe kind of how I felt about the bills after the Carolina game. But I mean, they they shut up a lot of people, including myself, including a lot of the national media who you like to talk about, um, and made it made it very very interesting down the stretch here. But I think, like you said, you know, we got to start bringing back the 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 one not done catchphrase because 
just because we beat the Patriots here, you still got two more games that are really big letdown games that could really derail a season here before we even get to the playoffs. So, but you know, yeah. feel, feels good about after that game, obviously. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, without be, without further ado, um, let's get right into it. Let's get into short-term, long-term. As we did last week, we're going to start out the the recap with this segment. Um, if you're listening for the first time or you're unsure of what that is, um, it's just a new thing we're implementing here for recaps where we call it short-term, long-term. We go over our short-term thoughts on the Bills, on the game they played, overreaction type stuff, and then we take a step back and look at this team in the long-term. And I think this game and this week is a perfect time to do short-term, long-term. I think there's a lot of you know, things to talk about in both cases. So I'll start it he- out here quickly, kind of name my short-term, long-term. You can go into yours maybe, and then we can elaborate on them further. Um, but my short-term here, and I- I'm-, I'm sure this is everyone's short-term in Bills Mafia right now, right, is, is the Bills are back. And I don't know how that can't be your short- short-term after watching this game. The, the offense is is back to where we know it can be, like you just talked about. It was the offense that we saw for the majority of 2019. It was the offense where it thrives with Josh Allen playing the best football he possibly can. The defense plays a solid game where, you know, they force a few turnovers, a couple turnovers. They play pretty solid throughout. They're not completely dominant, but they do their job. It's a Bills team that we know and love and understand the way that they can really just beat anyone. And, I talked about last week, I said, you know, this game is more so whoever makes the least mistakes is going to win. You know, it's going to be the team that, that, you know, doesn't mess up as much. Not a team's not going to win this. It's going to be a team that doesn't lose. Like I was wrong there. The bills went out and they absolutely won this game and they dominated. And I mean, Josh Allen just was a superstar. He proved why he's a superstar. I tweeted this out. I'm not like a pro bowl complainer guy. Like I don't give like two shits about the pro bowl. But it's absolutely insane how Josh Allen's not a pro bowler after watching him after that game. So, like, all of this in the short term, you're just like, the Bills are back. They can they can score on anyone. This Patriots team that everyone loves to talk about, this defense, um, it, it just didn't matter because when Josh Allen plays that type of football, it doesn't matter who his receivers are. You know, Beasley and Davis out for COVID. The team is back. Long term, you step back and, and you – Are you going to let me do a short term? Well, I'm gonna go short term, long term. You can go on yours, and then I'll let, and then we can just talk about everything. I just want to get out both things here. Um, long term, you gotta win out, right? You gotta, you gotta take care of business. You gotta let this short term feeling that the fans have, that the players probably have, you gotta let it out of your heads quick. You gotta win these two games, and then you gotta realize that more likely than not, I, you know, it's about that time of year too, where I, I don't know if there's listeners from last year, you realize that Ethan and I, when it comes around playoff times and we do our like playoff simulator projections and who we're going to play, we're not very good at like doing the seating and it gets all jumbled up. Um, I don't know if you remember last year, but it was just an absolute mess, but I've been doing my simulations, my calculations more likely than not. We're playing this Patriots team in the playoffs. Again, that's my prediction is that we're going to see this team in the playoffs for a third time. So long-term here, you know, it's not over. It, it, even if we win the FCs, it, it ain't over yet. We might see this team again. There's a good chance we are. So Buckle in, strap in, get it together, finish this thing out, um, and and you can't just rest on this one this one obviously huge win here. But you know, look past it, take care of business, and we might see this team again. So get ready for that. That that's my short term, long term. You go ahead, and then we can kind of talk about everything all together. Yeah, I mean, I think you kind of hit on the points that I wanted to to get on uh, get after on short term, long term. I mean, short term, yeah, the bills are back. I guess more specifically for me though, it's 
McDermott is old school. McDermott was back and old, I mean, and MVP Josh Allen is back. Um, those, you know, those obviously Josh Allen played out of his mind, probably his best game of the year in the biggest game of the year. Uh, with, like you said, with the guys that were out on offense, didn't really matter. Isaiah McKenzie stepped up a huge game out of him. Diggs with a Little big dig. game and, um, you know, an awesome, awesome, awesome touchdown from him. And then McDermott, you got to give, you got to give the props. Cause we talked about it last week with the, the fourth down, um, decision in care against Carolina, right. Where it was kind of like a, yeah, it was the right decision, but it was, it wasn't that high stakes of a decision. Uh, he made some really, really big high stakes, fourth down, uh, go for it calls this week, obviously paid off starting with the first touchdown of the game. That was a fourth down, uh, play at the, like the four yard line, the touchdown of McKenzie. And then I'll, you know, obviously the play that everybody keeps, uh, watching over and over again, the Josh Allen rollout bootleg on fourth and one on that final drive, which was a very, very gutsy call. Um, yeah, McDermott, McDermott coached an awesome game after having some really, really tough stretches in the middle of the season where guys were really questioning um, his his ability and if he and, you know if he regressed at all as a head coach and if he's gotten too conservative for you know the identity of this team yada yada yada. I mean, he he went back to his roots. He coached a fearless game, had a lot of trust in his players, and the players got it done for him. So, yeah, the Bills are back, but I think more specifically the Allen and McDermott that we uh we know it and love we're back um long term i mean you're absolutely right like the season isn't over we can't we can't do what basically the patriots did in week 13 against us right like they went out and won a huge monday night football game against us to kind of quote unquote take control of the afc east and then they go on a bye and then lay some absolute stinkers mac jones doesn't look like he's the same quarterback and they're kind of in like a free fall mode well, right Mac now. Jones, Mac Jones has been looking the same, honestly. They just they just haven't. Sure. Whatever. I know what you mean. I mean, I, I mean, like from that. a I just like from a stat that. perspective, it, like he was he was hitting like seventy percent comp- completion rate pretty consistently before sure, the bye, yeah. no, and then uh, after yeah. he faces the Colts and the Bills, and he he's at like a fifty percent or something like that. Um, and again, like. I, I said that going into this week, the one thing to monitor was like Mac Jones hasn't had a good football game in three weeks, right? Because he played the Bills in the windstorm where he threw three passes. Like I could have played quarterback in that game. He had a bye, so he was off. And then he played horrible against the Colts. And then he played really, really bad against the Bills. Like he's on a he's on this kind of tough sledding streak here, showing his true colors as a rookie, kind of getting exposed, like a lot yeah, of Bills fans are saying. Some actual teams, you know, it, it starts to show a little bit. Yeah, I mean. I, I still think I, – I, I don't think that – I'm not ready to say he's a bust yet just no. because he has been good in some situations. But, I, I mean, he's he's a rookie, and I, I I think he's like – things are starting to catch up to him and, you know, maybe some you know better teams like you're saying are figuring him out. And it, it's not going to be all, uh, sunshine and roses for him this season, and I think he's learning that quickly. But, uh, you know, long, yeah, long term, it's I, – I don't think the Bills can uh, – like – look ahead to the playoffs at this point. Right. I mean, sure. They control their own destiny, but that's exactly what, what they're at this time. They control their own destiny. Nothing's guaranteed. Um, luckily they have two home games against two very subpar opponents, but you know, that, that puts you in a very tough position. I mean, they are 15 point favorites, I think going in on Sunday, uh, against 
um, a Falcons team that is already eliminated from playoff contention. So they really have nothing to play for a dome team with an old Matt Ryan. Like this should be an easy, easy bills win. That's exactly what scares me for this team this year, because they haven't, I mean, I, I guess outside of the first five weeks of the season, they haven't really showed an ability to, to handle uh, an inferior opponent. Um, so we'll see what happens. Like that's, I guess that's where we're at long-term wise. You take care of business of what you can control in this regular season. You play who you play in the playoffs. I know you're already talking about playing the Patriots again, but you just can't have that mindset right now. I I know it's called long-term, but long-term is you got to look at these two games that you have in in front of you and then worry about that first uh, wildcard weekend when it comes. So, yeah. Also, I forgot to mention in my long-term that I wanted to is, the Bills now, long term here, need to stay consistent. We we've seen this team because like that that right that's the the whole short term. Both you and I said you know Bills are back, electric offense like the team that we 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 know that can be like that potential like that's the short term like answer. Long term, we've seen the team now at their best where they can against the Patriots against the Chiefs like where the team plays very good throughout the whole entire season. We've also seen this team be you know very bad at times, losing to the Jaguars, being inconsistent. Um, you know, throughout the whole middle stretch where they win a game, lose a game, win a game, lose a game, uh, get blown out by the Colts. Like long term, you got to figure out a way to stay consistent because, like it, the, this NFL season here, like you have to find this middle ground and you got to keep grinding out week in and week out. You can't be up and down, up and down like they have the entire season. So right now, like all of us Bills fans, yeah, I, we feel awesome because we have this big win. You know, it's the it's it's this whole recency bias thing that everybody has, right? The 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 most recent win here was the biggest one of the season, biggest one in regular season history in the short memory. All of these things, all of these emotions are coming to you. Long term, you gotta be able to stay consistent because we have seen this Bills team not be consistent. That's the big thing with them, is their inconsistency throughout the entire year. It's not like super surprising seeing their performance on Sunday. It's 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 going to be more surprising seeing this you know play out throughout multiple weeks because that's how you go on playoff runs and that's how you you know take advantage of the of the opportunities that you're given you know long term so stay consistent because like I said we've seen them dip and go back up and dip and that's just not a you know a way to kind of win throughout and and really take it to the next level in the postseason so stay consistent yeah and and also. What, what do we say? What do we say every podcast, right? The NFL is a week to week league, right? So Bills fans, like, let's not get too high ourselves here. Exactly. Realize that let's not do what the Patriots did. What I talked about in week 13, where they're dancing on our graves already. And, and you realize you still have, you know, six more weeks of fo- five more weeks of football left to play. Still got two more weeks of football left. Let, let's stay level-headed here and realize we got to get a job done. And that's why I said, you know, it's time to bring back that, that phrase that we all love, the one not done, because it's, it's playoff season at this point. And Josh Allen said that after the Carolina game, right? Like every game going forward is a playoff game for this team. Um, if, if they want to be where everybody thought they would be at the beginning of the season, and it's crazy because if they do win out, they'll finish the season 11-6. and six. I, I think we went through predictions. I predicted, I think, 12-5. and five. I think you were 13-4. and four. So I mean, yeah, I think you might have had four losses. Okay, did you have three? I think yeah, I had one more. I loss had fourteen than you. and three. Either in front of me, I'm fourteen and three. Okay, I was thirteen and four. So I mean, yeah, yeah, they underperformed a little bit, but I mean, if if they do finish the season out strong, what do we always say? It's about getting at the playoffs at the right time, being hot at the right time. I mean, a lot of these guys on this team are saying the turning point 
that they really noticed that this season was the halftime of that Buccaneers game where they really had a very strong second half. I know Carolina, they won that game kind of handedly, but it wasn't the same. Whatever, they got the job done, and then they had a very, very strong game in the, against the Patriots. If they finish the season out with two strong games against inferior opponents, get a little momentum going into the season, I mean, the Bills could be right back where we thought they would be going into week one. So that that's kind of like, you know, it's an emotional season. It's a long season, but, you know, fit, do a job, get the, get the wins that are in front of you, and then figure it out from there. Yeah, I think this season has been a big uh, learning experience for not only the players and the coaches and everybody in the organization, but also the fans. Like, throughout this podcast we've recorded, um, I mean, you talk about not getting too high like Patriots fans did, and, and you know, they, that's maybe coming coming from more of like a history for them because they've just been dominating for the last 20 years. But it also goes the other opposite way. Like when we were down in the dumps and we're kind of learning that it's a, you know, when we're winning games, losing games, losing to the Jaguars, that kind of thing, getting blown out by the Colts, it goes both ways where you can't get too down because we, like you said, it's a week-to-week league. And as fans, like we might feel like the season's completely over at times, but keep faith sometimes, right? And not get too high when you win these games, not get too low. Like it's a long, grueling season and it's not going to be, it's tough when the Bills skyrocket from two years ago when they go to the playoffs against the Texans, where we're like, all right, we're just happy to make the playoffs. The next year they go fourteen and three, or sorry, thirteen and three, I believe, and like those expectations just skyrocket up. So like this season's a huge learning experience just from a fan's perspective, being able to kind of handle everything at once. And it's been and it's been like that not just for Bills fans, like the entire you know I'm more of an AFC guy and I pay attention to that more because of the Bills, but. Honestly, the entire league too. Like the entire AFC is just completely jumbled up. The entire league's been different. There's only been a couple of teams maybe that are you know rising to the top at this point, but it's just it's just more of a grind. And now that the Bills are in the mix and, and seem to be in the mix, you know, moving forward every year, it's just going to get that much more stressful. And you got to be able to handle that stress. I feel like, and I feel like this has been a good like learning experience for it so far. Um, well, yeah, and I think it's just it's just hard because it it is what it is, right? Like we aren't used to this never since, you know, Jim Kelly was the quarterback. We haven't been a winning football franchise. So I think it's easy for us to flip that switch and be like, all right, same old bill, same old bill, same old bills, because we have seen hot starts with Fitzpatrick, right? Like we've been five and zero at times and gone into utter collapse mode. So I think it's, it, we are, it, it's a nature of our surroundings and going on, like you're talking about going from a, you know, happy to be there in the wild card game to an AFC championship coming into this season with like, actual expectations to maybe possibly win it all. And then when we start sputtering in the middle of the season, like we got to, we got to be able to learn as a fan base and as an organization inside that it's a long season and things can play out differently from week to week and teams, you know, you got to take care of business on the field, but like around the league, other things happen too, where it's, it's not just, it's not just a, you know, spotlight on the bills, like, like we always have that, you know, that, that microscopic view on like what the bills are doing. And and you always make a good point on like, you, you said it throughout the whole season this year, like the AFC is kind of jumbled. Right. And we're seeing that. Right. So I, yeah. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. I, I'm still, different. I'm still, <laughs> yeah, he is. And, and that's, what's kept, that's what kept, has kept me around. Right. I said that last week on like why I think, when we, we talked about like the Bills' strengths versus the Patriots' strengths, like the Bills are a more talented football team than a lot of teams this year. On paper, they have the talent to go win it all, and that's why I said like it's frustrating when they don't play up to their potential because we've seen them go to the AFC Championship and and be the best team in the league when they're humming on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. So 
Yeah. It's, it's just tough to quit this team and you got to stick with it. Uh, with that being said, I do want to flip to the defense really quick. Cause I don't think, I don't think they played that great. I'll be honest with you. I think it right, was well, more remedy. Let me do, uh, before we get into that, let me do agree, disagree here. And okay. we yep. can kind of go off of that. Um, you can also say like, don't care. I guess if you, if it's a, it's a question you don't really like think is valid or whatever, but I got another list of questions here. As I did last episode, I'll come up with a statement, give it to Ethan. Um, it's supposed to be more of like a rapid fire thing here. Let's see if we can do it better this time. Um, but he'll tell me if he agrees, disagrees with the statement made, and then we can kind of go into the specifics of everything. Um, this is, you know, supposed to be more so for the specific game played. So obviously against the pad, so we can, you know, talk about that more specifically as opposed to kind of what we do with short-term, long-term talking about from an overview, um, and, and the team moving forward, but we'll start it out here with agree, disagree. And I, I'm going to start this out the same way I did last year. Probably I, I like starting or sorry, not last year, last week. I like starting this segment out with the same question here. The inactives list, inactives list, uh, Brita inactive, Moss active, agree, disagree. Or, or do not care about that. No, I, uh, I'll be honest. I disagreed with it at first. Like when I saw it before the game. Okay. Dawkins was active, but he was not in the starting lineup for the line. Did you agree or disagree with that? Obviously Ike Bakker went, got hurt and Dawkins came in, but Dawkins did not start this game, you know, even though he was active, did you agree or disagree with that decision-making? Well, I don't know if this is a cop-out answer, but I just, I guess I trusted the coach. So I, I guess I'm agreeing here just because I know he was activated, what, on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, like a two, like two days before, before the game from COVID-19. So I'm guessing he didn't get a full week of practice in. Probably maybe you know didn't really have the reps, didn't have a full week of practice. Right, so, I'm so, you agree, so you agree. So you agree. So I guess I would agree with that. Yeah. Okay. Going for it on fourth down on that first drive when McKenzie uh caught that touchdown pass. Oh, agreed. I was calling for that before we even scored. Going for it on the drive when Sanders ended up dropping the ball in the end zone on fourth down. Agreed. We went for agreed. that as well. Agreed. Yeah, I like that call as well the play calling during that sequence when Sanders ended up dropping the ball, the play calling on the, you know, that goal line, goal to goal sequence. Did you agree or disagree with that play call? I didn't have a problem with it. I know that we, uh, a lot of people online were saying you're what you have second down from the, from the two yard line. Why don't you run the ball at least one or two times? I mean, when it comes down to it, it was, it's not Dable's fault that Sanders Sanders dropped the ball in the end zone. The play was there. You got to exit like the, it was a touchdown. You just catch the football and we wouldn't have this conversation. Okay. Um, I have this written down. I don't necessarily remember this going for it on the 42 at the end of the second half. Did we go for it on fourth down at the end of the second half on, on, uh, on our own 42 or something? We, I mean, we must have, I have it written down. I just don't really remember that. Yeah. I think that was the, uh, I'm trying to, yeah, we did. Because that that led to the uh, the Diggs touchdown, right? Yeah, it must have. Because that was before yeah. the the half, right? Yeah, because it was a Diggs over the middle. I think that we converted on it. Okay, did you agree with that call to go for it? Yeah, I I, I agreed with all of the fourth down decisions this week. Okay, the timeout by McDermott at the end of the third quarter when New right before New England scored. I disagreed with that. I was. I was really, really confused why we're wasting the time out there. Yeah, it's classic McDermott. And the last one I have written down here was going for two after the touchdown to Singletary at the in the fourth quarter. I agreed with that decision because it would have put you up 14. 
Um, you would have had to make them score two touchdowns and kick the extra point twice. And it was still going to be a two possession game when we didn't get it while well, you're still up 12. So, okay. You still and need, then you still need one, two touchdowns. Last one I'll add in here, just cause you wanted to bring it up first. The, the defense played well. Yes. Agree or no. I, I'm, I, I think this might be an unpopular take, but I, I don't think they played as well as they have in the past. So, All no, right, let's, so let's talk about it then. We'll get into the nitty-gritty of that right there. You started out because you're the one who brought it up. Yeah, I mean, I think this I, – I, I don't know if I'm, I'm ready to say they played bad. I just don't – I think this defensive performance was more reminiscent of last year's defense than this year's defense. And this year's defense has been, I think, across the board, outside of the Colts game, consistently and, and I, I know I ragged on the Titans game as well, but they've been consistently better than the defense was last year from a overall performance perspective. This game really, really felt like a 2020 bills game across the board from Josh Allen, from Dable to McDermott to the defense. It felt like an old school when I say old school, a, a year removed bills game and less like the bills that we've seen this year. It was a total like bend, not break defense. They had the classic letdown drive after going up two scores late in the game. Um, I just, you know, they had they had flashes of excellence. I mean, the play by Klein on the pick uh, by um, Mika Hyde was unbelievable. Um, that the opening sequence to go three and out was great. They just didn't get any big stops in the second half and. There was just too many times, like all, you know, the, the original Patriots drive, right? It's clear what they were doing. They were running the ball and it was almost reminiscent of the win game without the wind that they're just getting up to the line and running the football on the outside. And we weren't really adjusting. It seemed like to stop it. Maybe we were, maybe Leslie Frazier was doing something that I didn't see, but, and we were just not executing, but we were not stopping, stopping the run. And, when you saw Matt Jones get into these long situations, he was rattled and he couldn't throw the football. And it just seemed like we're slow to adjust. And, and that's how I felt yesterday where it's like the entire second half, the offense would go down and score. And it's like, we couldn't get the put away stop from the defense. And it just seemed like if we made one big defensive stop, the game would have been over way quicker than it was. It wouldn't have came down to that last drive by Josh. And that's kind of how I felt about that defense yesterday. Okay. Um, I don't necessarily disagree. I just think that this Bills team is at its best when, like, I just don't think our defense is necessary. I, I think our defense has kind of been a slightly overrated statistically, because, right, from a statistical standpoint, and this is why a lot of times stats are kind of BS, but, right, they've been ranked the number one defense in the league, and a lot of people throw those numbers around. I think our defense has been okay all year. And I think that they played solid enough to win, obviously. And to your point where, you know, they're, they're running on us as that's happened throughout the entire year. I think it doesn't matter because I don't think this team wins like down the road, long-term, short-term, whatever you want to say, regardless of how the defense is playing. Like, I don't think this team wins unless the offense plays the way it did on Sunday anyway. So I guess what I'm trying to say is like, yeah, maybe they that. maybe they ran on us a little bit, but guess what? Like that doesn't matter when Josh Allen and the offense plays the way they're supposed to. 
And so they get a turnover. And so that's kind of what I've been thinking of this defense and this team as a whole. I mean, ever since of last year. And and I'm not saying like I'm okay with like okay with that. Like I would love to have improvements on the defense, but when you spend a lot of a lot of money on your offense and like that's kind of your bread and butter, you know, it doesn't shake out as well on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but when this team is winning and it, and at their best, it's it's putting up 25 to 35 points, and it's the defense getting a turnover, you know, and, and really bending, not breaking, maybe giving up a few scores when when they shouldn't. And and obviously, I think it, it does suck. Like I'm not ex- giving them excuses. Like they did get soft in the second half when they go up two scores, and and I think that might even go a little bit more towards coaching because it's not like we weren't stopping them in the first half. And then we go up two possessions and we, we start playing soft and it doesn't really make sense. Um, but that's my, that's more of my point is it seems like we don't adjust quick enough on defense, right? It's, it's, we, we, we change things up when we don't need to things were working. Yeah. The Patriots weren't changing anything and yet we're changing things up, right? It's, it's like, get, make Mac Jones beat you yet we're sitting back and letting them run the ball on us. So yeah. it's just it's just really confusing. You knew the Patriots didn't have the ability to score quick because Mac Jones can't run a gunslinging two-minute offense. They were going to run the ball down your throat. So every time if you kick, you know, if you make the Patriots drive 80 yards on you, it's going to take time off the clock. So get up to the line and stop the run and then make Mac Jones get uncomfortable and put him in these situations where he has to beat you with his arm. And then if he does, he does great. Give the ball back to Josh and let him do his thing. That's more my thing. It's like play to your strengths, play to the opponent's weaknesses. I didn't see that from Leslie Frazier or, or anybody on the defense yesterday. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't disagree with that. Yeah, I just to, to nail my point in like one last time, I guess the final point I'm trying to make here is like if we're, I guess, uh, relying or maybe relying is not the right word, but for lack of a better term, like if we're relying on the defense to get stops to win games, like we're not going to go far regardless. It, like we throughout the entire year so far, there's been a lot of games where we're like, like right, a lot of the buzzwords online have been like, oh, like last year we relied on the offense to win us games. Like this year we've been ha- having to rely on the defense a lot. A lot of those games where we quote unquote relied on the defense, we still lost because our offense wasn't good enough. Like the Jags game, like, we gave up what nine points and we still lost. Like if our offense isn't the catalyst in the forefront of our team, like it's not going to matter how good the defense plays. I, I just think that's the way the bills are. So like, you, you know, the defense can do whatever, like they're going to need to make stops. They're going to need to make plays like every, you know, team in the league to make deep playoff runs. But it really just does come down to the offense at the end of the day. And so on Sunday, yeah, you can be like, are oh, they shouldn't have made adjustments here or there. But at the end of the day, like they did enough where, to win. And, and then if you, if you just give your offense a chance enough to win on this bills team and they can't get it done, like we're not going to go anywhere anyway. So um, I thought the defense played like solid, like, like I'm not going to say they played great because you know, like you, the points you made, I agree with. Um, but I'm, I'm also not going to like be, be mad about it or um, like, like, again, like it doesn't matter when Josh Allen plays the way that he needs to play. So that's kind of my take on the defense. Um, I mean, you still got to give them props where they where they deserve it. Like you said, the AJ Klein tip, just an unbelievable play. Micah Hyde interception, um, momentum shift, the the sack on the first three and out, like you you called out at Oliver. Um, you know they had some nice stops and and they and they got the job done when they needed to. And um, you just let Josh Cook on the other side of the ball. So that's where I stand with that. Um, but back to like I guess the offense and Josh, like there's definitely like 
I think just things we just need to point out here because this was just an all time. And this goes back to like our short term kind of like the bills are back thing and, and we're going to, you know, praise them. But I think it's worth it here. I mean, it, the last drive of the game, I guess second to last drive because the Patriots had that last drive where Mac Jones threw the interception. But the last drive of the game for the Bills offense was just another like it was almost like back when we beat the Chiefs earlier this year. And I want the big round mm-hmm. like this is like Josh Allen's legacy, like down at his own like one yard line drives all the way down the field, like on the road in the bad weather, all that kind of stuff. Like same thing with the Titans game, except he couldn't finish that one. This one with the Patriots here sealed the deal. I mean, this was as good as it gets for a franchise quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they go down. He's absolutely wheeling and dealing. Um, you shouted out Isaiah McKenzie earlier on. I got to give him another shout out. This dude, I think, and I was texting my buddy after the game, like McKenzie, man, like I think a lot of the time us Bills fans are like, hey, have McKenzie active for like little jet, you know, jet sweeps or, you know, end of rounds, have him be a little gadget guy, like, yo, this guy might be more than a gadget. We might have more weapons than we think. And the throws that Josh Allen's making to this guy, you look at these like clips on Twitter today from the view like behind, like parallel to um, the sideline. Like these throws that Josh Allen's making to get down the field are insane. And McKenzie's absolutely balling out. They Mm -hmm. get down there fourth and one, and you brought it up earlier, but that fourth and one conversion by Josh where he just completely puts a team on his back, a little bootleg. And I absolutely love that play call. Like, I guess we can get into Davis play calling a little bit, but that play call on fourth and one, fourth and inches, whatever it was, a little bootleg, just put the ball in Josh hands and he's going to make a play. And he absolutely jukes the the shoes out of JC Jackson. Jackson pretty much runs into his own guy. You know, Josh picks up the, the first down by five yards. Um, and then the, the next two plays, I think it, right after that were like kind of sus by Dable. It was like a run up the middle by Singletary and then, uh, and then a throw to Singletary on the as right. As soon as the, the play after that fourth, fourth down conversion, I was, you know, I, scre- I wasn't screaming, but I was, you know, I was, cause I was at, I was at my, my future in-laws house and they were, <laughs> they were like, they really couldn't care about the game. So it was like really, really hard for me, but I was screaming to myself inside. I was like. Don't get conservative here. Yeah, Don't get conservative. Don't worry thing. about the clock. Just put the ball in the end zone and make the Patriots score twice on you. Just put the ball in the end yep. zone. I'll only worry about that. Don't worry about the clock. And he calls a run up the middle. And I'm like, are, are you kidding me? But yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I would argue, I would argue though that the play on third and eleven to Stefan Diggs, the flip play, was the best play of that drive. That was, was unbelievable. Um, not only the play by Josh Allen, but then the run after the catch by Diggs and the block by Deion Dawkins. I don't know if you watched Dawkins on yeah. that play. He absolutely trucked Jackson. Well, and before that, he pancakes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was Judon, whoever was rushing on his side, takes him out, pancakes him on the pass blocking, gets up after he's like five yards behind the line of scrimmage, hauls all the way down to the first down marker and Dax J.C. Jackson after Stefan Diggs already puts him in a spin cycle. And then Diggs ends up getting, I think, like five or six more yards after uh, juking out J.C. Jackson at the first down marker. And then, I mean, obviously the throw before that by Allen where he just is scrambling and then he you know, does a little shovel past 10 yards, which is absolutely bananas if you think about it. He makes it look so easy. But if you get on a football field and you're like running and you're offhand and you're are you eight like to get enough momentum on a shovel pass like that 10 yards on the field seems ridiculous so for him to do that with ease is incredible and then just to have the wherewithal to find digs and you know digs his athletic ability to get down the field like that play was incredible and i i think it's super underrated because of how incredible the play before it was and that it was a fourth down um yeah 
but that that was the play of the drive in my opinion yeah, no, hundred percent agree. And 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 real quick, back it up right before that. As I was getting into like the the run up the middle, like we're both screaming, "Don't get conservative! Don't get conservative!" And then the play after that, like to make matters worse, it wasn't necessarily like a bad like call, but I mean, it was like a it was like a little dump off to the right that went incomplete. So the you know the Patriots didn't even like you know it was a conservative call to begin with, and then he goes incomplete. They don't have to use a timeout. I'm I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh my gosh, what are we doing here? Like if you're gonna get conservative, at least, you know, make them burn timeouts, whatever. But then the, yeah, the play you just described happened. Um, absolutely incredible. I, I posted, so I was like actually on TikTok live during that last drive and I was just losing my mind. And I posted the, my live reactions online after. And if you like watch that back, like I was so like, I watched it back a bunch of times and on that shovel pass to Diggs, Like I was like, so surprised. Like it just came out of nowhere. Right. The, the play looked dead. I, I mean, Dawkins a great block, but the the pressure was coming, obviously. Josh Allen's rolling out. You never know what's going to happen when that dude rolls out. And it was just a pure shock, like when I see him go underhand shovel pass. And then, like you said, the digs after the catch was incredible. It, honestly, when I, when Diggs does this sometimes, right, when he catches the ball and he kind of like it, – it always works out. Like he knows what he's doing. He's so shifty and he can always get f- a few more yards. But every time he catches the ball, he he does like a million moves in like one spot. It seems like where he doesn't, you know, get like that much like ahead yet. And, like, he was right on the first down marker. So I'm yelling to myself. I'm like, get the first down, Diggs. Get the first down. And then he just puts, like, two guys in an absolute blender and gets, like, 10 more yards, which he always does. But it was an incredible sequence. Um, and then they get down there, you know, goal-to-go situation. And it was just, you know, run it back, right? Another little shovel pass and a great play call again. Like, I, I said before the play happened, mm-hmm. I said, let put the ball in Josh's hands. This is also recorded too. I said, put the ball in Josh's hands. Like, let, like whenever we're down the goal line, like I love like a RPO to Josh. Like, let him run it, let him pass it, let him hand it up. Like, let him make the decision because he's always going to be right. And he pulls that out of Singletary's lap, rolls out to the left. I thought he was going to, I mean, there's two guys on him. I could, he probably could have ran it in anyway. And he does another shovel pass, knocks wide open. I mean, done deal. Good night, right? I mean, it was just an incredible play to, to cap it all off. And, and after that digs play, honestly, I was like, you know, we, we've talked about times where, we, where the Bills have gotten out in the red zone and we haven't been confident. We're like, I, I just like the first Patriots game where they go down there three times and don't score a touchdown. We're like, it, they're not scoring a touchdown here. We, we just know they're not. As soon as that digs play happened on third down, I was like, they're scoring a touchdown. Like this is this is over. This game's this game's absolutely over here and they're going to punch this in right now. Um, so and also. I don't know if you had anything to say on that, but we, we talk about this like for the past three weeks, I feel like where we're like the Bills in these one possession games where they're 0 and five in one possession games this year, it always comes down to the bills, not being able to make plays when they need to. They made the big time players made big time plays in this game on Sunday, like Knox with the, like the one handed grab. I think like, um, on one of the red zone drives, we talked about McKenzie making all these plays, stepping up when Beasley's out, Allen making throws when he needs to, like the players actually stepped up and made the plays when they needed to something that the bills haven't really done all year. And I mean, look, that's what happens when that happens. And, and like you said earlier, McDermott being aggressive, I think that sets a tone completely for this team also gives, gives the team confidence. So it's just a complete different game like than what we've really been accustomed to so far this year. And so as a Bills fan short term, like you've got to be just super, super excited and, and, and feel good about the team where they're at right now. But a lot of work to be done still. Um, yeah, I, uh, I also have to go back and with all the injuries, I mean, and, and COVID uh, related issues and absences from the team on offense this this week, huge shout out to Devin Singletary. Talking about turning back the clocks, 
I thought he played his best game of the season this year as well. Um, he kind of played pissed off, in my opinion. He was running with an extra little juice in step. He was, it was the first game where I saw him running with purpose and refusing to go down on contact. Yep. That one little swing pass he did to set the tone of the game on our first drive when it was out in the flat, and it was looked like it was going to be like a three- or four-yard completion. Second play of the game yeah. on offense for us. Yep. He puts his head down, drags a defender with him, you know, trucks another one and ends up getting 11 yards in a first down. I was like, okay. And then, you know, also credit to Josh where he wasn't forcing the football yesterday. The Patriots were yeah. taking away the big play from him and he was okay with dunking it down to the, the running backs in the flat, dunking over Singletary over the middle. And Singletary was doing everything with the football, man. He was, he was getting yards after the catch. He was effective on the ground game. He had another rushing touchdown. And I thought he played very, very good. And if we're going to get that kind of Devin Singletary moving forward, that adds a whole nother level to this football team. Because I, I thought that – I wouldn't say the run blocking was that much better than any other game that we've seen this year. Well, well, I thought well, Singletary not was to be much that better. guy, not to be that guy, but I still don't think the run, the actual run game, I don't think was that good. Like in short, it, when it needed to be, it was good. But overall, Josh was still our leading rusher on the game. Singletary was incredible no, I, in the receiving I, I game. I I agree, but I still feel like when we did run the football, Singletary was running with more of a purpose. And instead oh, of sure. getting, I mean, the touchdown he bowled out like that touchdown yeah, was like he just he, that touchdown he refused to be denied there. Yeah. And and I haven't seen that same kind of drive from him this year. And even those like a lot of these rushes that he had where it maybe be a one or two yard rush this this week he was getting three or four. He was right. he was falling over. He was getting those extra couple yards. And I think, you know, those yards matter. A second and six is a lot different than a second and eight. You know, it opens up yeah. your playbook, gives you a lot more options. You can take a shot on second and six because then second, third and six is a lot more manageable than third and eight. So it just opens things up, getting those extra yards on first down. And I thought he played very, very well. So I just got to give a shout out to uh, to Singletary because we've been dogging him all year. Yeah, no, I mean, he, he played very well. And back to the play that you said that set the tone. Like, I went back and watched the highlights of the game, and they showed that play, second play from offense for us. Like you said, he had the guy on his back, and, and, he, and he didn't just run over the next guy in front of him. He absolutely, It was Dante Hightower trying to make a tackle when Singletary is carrying the other dude on his back like a backpack. And he, if you go back and watch that play, like Hightower got absolutely trucked into like the next like generation. And it was actually insane to watch. Like, I was, I was like flawed. I was like flabbergasted. So when I watched that back, I was like, well, hold on, rewind that. Like did Singletary just like blow him out like with a guy on his back. So yeah, he, he played very good. I still don't want to get ahead of myself. I just like, I'm stepping back here. Like he's still an RB two in my mind. And I like, don't want to be that guy here, but moving forward, I really think he is. Um, but he did play very good, especially in the receiving game. Like you said, the checkdowns were so, so key. And after he got the ball in his hands, he was running with a purpose. Absolutely. Like you said. Um, and then also, also I want to shot. step in. I want to, I want to give a shout out to O-line. The yeah. pass protection was very, very good. Matt Judon yeah. was a non-factor in this game. And that was hand up. Like I was concerned since like week five about Judah. I think I mentioned him like three episodes in a row on this podcast because he was absolutely eating during the middle stretch of the season. Yep. He was a non-factor. You wouldn't even know that he was on the field 
on Sunday this week. The most, I mean, um, the most screen time he got was when he made that little dirty play on Josh, like at the beginning of the game. <laughs> when he like, that, tried and to, then like, when he him. was randomly complaining on the Dawson Knox touchdown down in the game, yeah. like I don't like he just after Dawson Knox catches that ball, he immediately starts screaming at the ref. I'm like, what? What are you complaining about? Like, yeah. Well, while we're on the O line too, shout out to Bates, man. I mean, Bates is yes. severely underrated. Like, I don't know why he hasn't been getting more PT, but he played unbelievable. And then, and then I know we talked about Dawkins. Like, I, you know, I asked that question about you. He was active. He didn't start. He obviously had to come in because Bacher got hurt. You know, shout out Bacher. Hope he's okay. Um, Dawkins played mad like good, okay. man. Like Dawkins played mad good. And like, and I was one of those people that like, I wanted him to start. I guess I didn't really like think about like when I, as soon as I saw like Dawkins is active, I was like, Oh, he's starting. I didn't think about the fact that like he didn't practice and like all that went out the window when I saw that. But when he came in, it, it was like, that was the healthiest our online has been in a while. And I know that Feliciano is technically a starter, but after watching Bates play, like he might be the guy there. And I think Spencer Brown, it really showed how much of a difference, you know, right tackle is from left tackle, especially in the NFL, right? Like Spencer Brown was back to kind of like where we're used to him playing so far this year. Williams, obviously so much better at guard than tackle too. So it, it was almost like, I don't want Bacher to be hurt and I guess he's not going to be okay. But at the same time, like this old line that came in and filled in for everybody like Dawkins, Bates, Morse, uh, Williams, and Spencer Brown, like I would be rolling with that for the rest of the year until, you know, barring Absolutely. some major setback. So they played, yeah, they played very, I, I, very good. I a hundred percent agree on, on Bates. I don't see how you sit him next week. If Feliciano does come back after his performance, I would make Feliciano earn his spot back. Um, if anything, maybe throw Feliciano on the right side and, and sit down Darrell Williams. But I mean, I think you got to roll with that same five going into yeah. next week until, until someone makes you make a change yeah. and, bearing any injury. Him. Uh, that I think that's your best five that you got right now. Roll with it until something makes you change it. So I yeah. agree. Like O line played awesome. Um, just the, the entire unit and pass protection. I mean, Josh was having tons of time back there. I mean, the fourth and two on that opening drive. You watch a pass pro on that play. It was like picture perfect. And I loved. I loved how Josh was wasn't so jittery to to abandon the pocket. Right. He sometimes. Sometimes he doesn't know what he's got, right? And he's he's got that tendency to start rolling out to his right and getting on the move, throwing on the move. I know he's comfortable rolling out to his right and throwing on the move, but like if you got a pocket sitting it, and Josh was Josh was very patient with the ball yesterday. Like I said before, he was willing to check the ball down, take what the Patriots give him, and then when the when they did open up over the middle, over the top with those deep crossing routes, he, he found those receivers too. He just had an unbelievable game from start to finish. Again. We didn't bring this up yet. Bills didn't punt once on Sunday, which was the mm-hmm. first time that in the entire Bill Belichick's career as a Patriots head coach that that's ever happened. And I know you know some of those drives ended with the turnovers on downs or the end of the half, whatever. But basically, the Bills every time they got the ball drove it into the red zone, whether it ended yeah. a field goal, touchdown, you know, the the fourth and one to McC- or, um, Emmanuel Sanders that ended up not going their way, but. Those they had long drives and they were doing what they wanted against the quote unquote number one defense in the AFC that everybody yeah, jo- wants to talk about. Josh Allen was not being stopped. They they were moving the ball at will. He was doing whatever he wanted. Offensive line giving him the time to do it. And 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 we talk about it all the time. But when he gets the time, I mean, he 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 played like the MVP of the of the league. Um, so unbelievable game all around. Stay consistent. We get, we can't get too worked up about this as we talked about in the opening segment. You know, this team, we've seen them be super inconsistent this year. So 
really hoping they can stick this one out. Win these last two games out. I mean, I, I'm not going to be a stickler at this point. It's all about managing expectations, like I've said all the time. Like, I don't care how it happens. Just win these games. Um, and then it's go time in playoffs. So speaking of next week, it's going to be the Falcons, as we talked about a little bit earlier. It's going to be in Buffalo. Um, and, and you said that the Falcons are – is that a fact? They're statistically eliminated from playoff contention. Is that true? You know, I don't know. I just – I just they're not making the playoffs. Okay. In, right. in, in my book, they're statistically eliminated. All right. I like that. Um, so, yeah, they're coming to town. They, they've been a team that struggled. Um, I mean, it's, it's the Falcons, right? I don't, there's not too much to say about them. I know that they have rookie Kyle Pitts, who's been, a, you know, kind of a bright spot this year, which he might actually, you know, pose a little bit of a problem to our defense. Uh, Matt Ryan has been uh, up and down throughout his career. We kind of know what he can do. Um, but the one guy I'm looking at is Corderell Patterson. That guy's nasty. Mm-hmm. That's a guy I wanted the Bills to sign. He's a UFA after this year. He's 30 years old, so if the Bills can get him on like a one-year deal next year, like I would love that. He's like a he's like a, a Debo he, Samuel. I, he type. was the guy. He was the guy I was calling for the Bills to trade for at the trade deadline. Okay, yeah, yeah, I love him. So I mean, he's like a de- hit like that style of player is so sick to me. It's like Debo Samuel, right? And yeah, he can line very, him up in the backfield good. or on the outside. Yeah, and, and he, can, and he runs takes. hard. Yep. Um, so their offense, I mean, they're, uh, listen, the Falcons' offense, in my opinion, and I haven't watched a ton of Falcons' game, but this is just going back, you know, throughout the past few years as Matt Ryan's been there. They're not, like, terrible. I, I know this year they've been, like, not good, but Matt Ryan is still Matt Ryan. You're, you can't take that lightly. It's still the NFL. Kyle Pitts is nice. Patterson's nice. Sucks that Ridley's out. I know that he's sick. He's been having some personal issues this year. Um, but but other than that, I mean, there's no way that the Bills should should fold this game in any way after coming off a performance like that in Foxborough. I mean, we talked about it. it's a letdown spot a little bit, but but you got to put this behind. I mean, the, you can't lose this game. You can't let this one slip away. Like we said, division, you know, on the line, you control your own destiny. You're at home. You got to figure out also like how to play at home and maybe a little bit of like bad conditions considering like you're trying to get a home playoff game. Like figure that out because we haven't been good at home this year. Like that's something else I want to bring up. Like we're better on the road, like conditions, not conditions, whatever you want to talk about it. We've been better on the road this year, in my opinion. So figure out how to play at home in front of your home crowd here and, and go out there and get a win and, and don't make it freaking nervous on me. Like, I, I don't care how you get it done, but like just, you should be able to handle this game and the Falcons defense doesn't scare me. So if we can go out there and, and get this thing done, I expect us to win. That, that's what I'm saying. I do expect us to win. Um, but that's all I really got in the Falcons. I don't know what you got. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with everything you say. I, I think the Falcons' offense, I would say, isn't a isn't is in a slouch. It's not going to be like you're playing the Jaguars out there. You're playing the Jets or you know the Bears. The, the Falcons actually have playmakers on their side of the ball, regardless of their record. I think they're a little bit soft. They're a dome team. I I I, I don't know. Maybe I'm delusional here, but like these dome teams coming to Buffalo don't scare me as much as other teams. And like the Falcons, the Falcons should not win this game in Buffalo. That this is a pride game at this point, right? Atlanta Falcons, soft football team playing a dome, playing warm weather have kind of like this finesse style offense. The bills should route this team. This should be a game that they're like, their mouths are watering when they see this matchup, but, January game in Buffalo against the Atlanta Falcons. This should scream. 
I'm going to shove the football down your throat. I'm going to get after the quarterback. And by the third quarter, they're going to be begging for the game to be over. It should be a physical, physical nightmare of a football game for the Atlanta Falcons. And I know the, this Bills team isn't built like that, but regardless, like that's the kind of mentality that this team needs to have going into this game. Let it should, the be, it should be go. a game. It should be a game where maybe we're looking to like, hey, Josh, you don't have to play for the rest of the fourth quarter because we're up that much. That, like, that's that's exactly what it should right. be. That's right. But again, we can't get too high on ourselves. Just go win the football game. That's that's where we're at this point in the season. There's no style points. Nothing matters. There's no college football committee. You're not trying to impress anybody and and, and get into a college football playoff. Go win the football games, go win the division, and then worry about the playoffs. And, 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 yep. and right now we're in the playoffs, as Josh likes to say. These are playoff games. You got to win these football games. You got two, you got two back-to-back games in the one o'clock slot at home in January. Like these should be games that this Bills team is just amped up for. These are games to get everything in motion. Get the get the same things. Keep building on the same things that we've seen over the last couple of weeks, and get hot. These are the games to get hot, right? Like if if we go win a grimy game, that doesn't build momentum. Let's build some momentum going into the playoffs. Go get go get your swagger back. Go get your mojo. Keep building on things that you did last week, and don't overlook your opponent. That's that's as simple as that. And the Bills should win this football game. One hundred percent agree. Um, what was I going to say? Um, I forget, but yeah, I mean, or, oh, that's what I was going to say is, yeah, so at, win this game, I mean, they need to win this game. They should, it should be the same story next week against the, the sorry, the following week against the Jets as well. Obviously, we'll get into that next week. Um, but do we want, we'll probably wait on this, but I was just going to bring up once again, I already kind of brought it up at the beginning of the episode. Um, but do you want to talk like playoff matchups by any chance? Because like, like I said, or we don't have to get into it, but like I said, I, I think the Bills are going to make the playoffs. Barring any major setbacks, the Bills are going to make the playoffs, whether it's division winners or wild cards at this point, they should make the playoffs. And I think they're going, I think it's an interesting story that I think it's more than likely that they're going to play the Patriots again in the playoffs. I don't want to talk about this yet. Okay. I'm just saying though, that like, I think we're, I think we're on a fast track to playing this team, whether it's in Foxborough, whether it's in Buffalo for a third time this year. So don't, that's an, that's a, the final thing I want to say is like, don't, you can talk all your crap you all you want, but just know that we might have to back it up again come playoff time. Like this thing ain't over. Like I, I really have a like a hunch that we're playing the Patriots come playoff time. So strap in for that, and we'll talk, we'll probably talk about matchups and all that stuff after next week when everything's a little bit more of a clear picture. And then especially after the Jets week, we'll definitely like know what's going on. But it's man, it's it's kind of looking like that. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but other than that, like I said, the beginning of the episode, the NHL's been on a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, I know the World Juniors are going on right now, and, and Owen Power is playing over there. I don't know if there's any other Sabres prospects playing over there, but Power did have a hat trick in his first game. So, I mean, yeah, that's good news, I guess. Isn't the Russian guy that we drafted last year with the Flyers pick playing in it? Oh, Rosen. I, yeah, what is he? A Swede? Or maybe you're right, a Swede. I, I, there are a few Sabres prospects. I think like pop, do we have a popper off or something like that? I don't know. Uh, the only ones I know are Rosen and power and Rosen is playing. I believe so. Yeah. I think I saw okay. something from the charging Buffalo tweeted out at the beginning of the tournament. Um, 
but in terms of the Sabres, I mean, I, I don't know. They had they were supposed to have a game last night, as you guys are listening to this on Tuesday, Monday night, that got postponed early this morning. Donnie Granato got put on the COVID list among with along with uh, two other players. Like it, it's, it's, it's an absolute there. gong show, like across the entire league, like a, a ton of guys putting on the list, asymptomatic. Um, it, hockey is so much of a different sport when it comes to it, too than football because football is obviously weekly you have one game a week you can kind of try to like you know make your way through a few days and you don't have to worry about it until sunday you can kind of hinder the damage hockey is like always going people traveling everywhere as soon as one guy gets it it seems to spread like a lot easier like there's not a lot of guys on the team that can really like fill in like so this thing is is why like spiraling out of control like i hope i really hope that this thing like gets in line because i know that nhl players aren't going to the olympics anymore um, I don't know. Like, I have no idea what's going to happen with it, but like, I want it to come back obviously at some point. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know when it's going to come back. I guess we're supposed to play in like a couple of days against the devils or something. Um, or- yeah. Is it, is the game on Wednesday? I think the next one's Wednesday. If it is, I don't know if it's still on schedule or not. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I saw something from the Sabres today. Say our game. I think the game with today was supposed to get, be against the devils that got postponed. And they were like, yeah, our next game is whenever the next one is. But that one, more than likely, getting it postponed, too. I don't know. Literally every game today is postponed. Like, this has just been... Yeah, been I, no I, I thought I read... I think I read something today that the rumor is that the NHL might shut everything down until the Winter Classic on New Year's Day, which might be the next game. Oh, is that still going on? Yeah, I mean, I was in Minneapolis this past week, and it's at uh, Target Field in, in Minnesota where the where the Twins play, and it was all set up for it. Oh, okay. So, yeah, the, the game t- last night was against the Islanders that got postponed. Wednesday is technically still on against the Devils, but like you said, yeah, maybe it's nothing's going to go down until that game. Don't the Sabres have some outdoor game this year? Aren't they scheduled for Yeah, some they play game? in the Heritage Classic against the Leafs, I think, in February or March. Okay, so that's later. That's, the like, the, that's like the Canadian Winter Classic. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because the, the uh, Winter Classic made me think of that. I was like, pretty sure the Sabres have an outdoor game. But anyway, I mean, as soon as that comes back, we'll obviously get back on track. I'm I want to, I mean, I really want to see Tuck play, um, but it just feels like forever since I've watched hockey, but anything else on your end before we sign off here? Uh, no, I don't think so. All right. Well, that'll do it for episode 117 of one before I die. The bills take the AFCs back. I mean, man, we, we had the chance for the fifth time. It seems like we finally took advantage. We take the reign of the AFCs changing of the guard, baby back on, um, <laughs> Got to win out here, and uh, is the changing of the guard official now or no? If we win out, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> baby. I freaking manifested that. Uh, but anyway, thanks for tuning in, guys. Appreciate it. Go Bills, go Sabers, as always. And we will talk to you next time. Peace out. Yeah, days go by. These days, all I'm trying to know is who I am. Don't know why. It's been hard for me to stay in one place Yeah, days go by I've been trying to run away from what I know I don't know where I'm going But I do know why Got a backwoods road full of big old smoke Got a house full of friends, gotta keep them close Got big old eyes for the things I want And a voice in my head telling me I don't Yeah, yeah. But right now I'm trying to make it to the morning I got one more on me if you want it And right now I'm just living in the moment we have Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah days go by 
These days all I'm trying to know is who I am Don't know why it's been hard for me to stay in one place Yeah, days go by, I've been trying to run away from what I know I don't know where I'm going, but I do know why I've been looking up, I've been looking down Yeah, Even with the parties trying to look around